Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Welcome to the Women We Come From, a special series for and about our mothers and leadership during the month of May on The Well Woman Show. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi, and I'll be joined all month long by guest hosts interviewing their mothers about life, love, leadership, and the wisdom they pass on to their daughters. The stories they share will make you laugh and cry, but most of all, they help us honor the hard work of being a woman, a mom, and a leader all the best and most effective leadership skills, really everything we need to grow into compassionate, driven, smart leaders are passed down to us through these generations of strong women. The guest hosts are past guests on The Well Woman Show and include Celestina Garcia, Bobsy Sanandale, and Alicia Ortega. First up is Celestina Garcia with her mom, Gloria Garcia, who is one of 12 kids in her family from Dahlia, New Mexico, who taught her own children that your wealth is your health. Then Bobsy Sanandale will interview her mom, Kazi Sanandale, who left her rural village in South Africa to build a life of service here in the U.S. And Alicia Ortega interviews her mom, Rebecca Ortega, a bilingual Tewa woman from the pueblos of Santa Clara and Powake, who is committed to her family and preserving her language. Finally, you'll hear my interview with my own mother, author, adventurer, and abuela extraordinaire, Carol McPhee-Lang. Each guest host has a distinct style and brings her unique gifts to the show, and I'm so honored and privileged to share the mic with them. Hello, hello, well women. So over the last few weeks, we've been hearing from our special series, The Women We Come From, and I'm so excited because this week on the show, I get to interview my own mother for the final episode in this series. And uh, I want to tell you a little bit about my mom. She's a very, very special person. And it's truly an honor to have her on my show and and uh, have this conversation and share this with you listening. Um, and so my mom is actually, her name is Carol McPhee Lang. She was born in Scotland, actually in Glasgow. Uh, now she lives between Andalusia, Spain, Oxford, England, and New Mexico. She is quite the traveler. She holds a degree in theater arts from Greer Garson Theater and a postgraduate degree in English from Westminster College in Oxford. She's the author of several books, including a historical fiction trilogy about an Alpujarran village in Franco's Spain. She has two daughters, two stepdaughters, six grandchildren in Oxfordshire, two here in New Mexico, four in Ohio, and one adopted grandson in Spain. On the show, we discuss how her upbringing impacted her parenting methods, the importance of embracing travel and other cultures, and the importance of trusting what you're good at without needing external validation. All the information shared today can be found at the show notes at wellwomanlife.com slash 253show. You can also continue the conversation with us in the Well Woman Life community group at wellwomanlife.com slash community. The Well Woman Show is thankful for support from the Well Woman Academy at wellwomanlife.com slash academy. That's our group coaching program that is 
really a special, special place to be and to share and to grow in this community. Um, and with that, I am so excited to welcome my mom to the show. I'm speaking with my mom this morning, Carol McFeeling. Welcome to the show. Hello. So mom, um, I, I introduced you as mom, but I actually address you as mom. It's so interesting because I grew up in England with you. You're, um, as we heard in the introduction, you're from Scotland. Can you tell listeners just like a little bit about your background, who and where you come from? Who and where I come from? Well, I was born in Scotland in Glasgow, where my father was going to university and left there at one month old to travel up to Persia and lived there for years and years until I left there with my mother at the age of eight and a half. My mother was a mother who loved little boys and did not love little girls. So I was always sort of an appendage, but that was something I got used to. So that seems like that was a, obviously a big impact for you to perceive it that way and, and to talk about it that way. How did that affect you in your life? It affected me by making me aware that women were actually quite wonderful people. And so I couldn't ever under, understand really why my mother would feel for a long time, I didn't understand why my mother would feel not the same kind of love for a, an only daughter that she spent, uh, that she felt for the sons that she had. But of course, eventually I came to understand why. It was because she had extremely low self esteem as a female, as a woman herself. And she saw all women as somehow lacking in a number of different ways, not as coosy, as they say in Scotland. She always thought that little boys were, oh, they're so coosy, they're so cute, you know, and little girls are just a pain. So my reaction to that, of course, was I was terribly hurt by it and longed to be loved as, as a little girl by my mother and wasn't. So that did affect me. The good side of it is that I had two daughters of my own whom I thought were just wonderful. So I did manage to break that circle of negativity and see little girls and women as, as special human beings. And yeah, I, I don't know how I trans transcended that negative first experience in childhood, really, except that I thought it was really unfair <laughs> because I thought I was pretty neat. And I, I couldn't understand why other people, especially my mother, didn't think I was wonderful because I, I did have quite a good opinion of myself, I have to say, <laughs> even as a child. I knew that I was intelligent and imaginative, and that wasn't appreciated. But it didn't mean that I didn't know it. So yeah, how, how did you transcend that? Because this is one example of how you challenged your circumstances, and you didn't accept you know, you just didn't accept it and, and then just go on. You you challenged it and you created a life for yourself and you you went on to use your creativity and your imagination and travel and move to New York when you were 
very young. What do you think gave you, like, where did you get that sense of, I'm just going to get up and and do it. I'm going to live my life. I think it was largely a rebellion. I was a rebellious spirit and I was deeply uh, castigated for being a rebel. It wasn't appreciated. Rebellious young girls and women were not appreciated in those days. And so I left home when I was 17 and it was like a liberation. I went and moved to, um, I had gone to a secondary school because I failed my entrance exam to a better school. And uh, so I went to a secondary school, had a horrible education, and then won a, a scholarship to College Norwich in Norfolk, uh, 20 miles away. So because I had won that, I think my mother saw that I couldn't, she didn't think it was wonderful that I'd won it. She just knew that it would be regarded as not on or not acceptable for her to forbid me to go. That wouldn't look good to other people. So I went, did that, hated doing it. Uh, It was business administration, something like that, which I didn't enjoy. Soon after that, I left, ventured up to London, got a job at an advertising agency, loved the big city, walked along um, Oxford Street one day and saw a sign in the window that people were needed in America and they would be given a green card in exchange for going. So I went. (laughs) And specifically, people were needed in in the advertising agency, right? Like it was a job opportunity. Yeah. It was a job opportunity. It was first of all in um, in Wall Street, was which was deadly boring, and then in in advertising agencies, and that was fun and interesting, and and I loved New York City. So I I escaped the disapproval and lack of appreciation and lack of love in my childhood and went traveling the world, basically. Part of that is because there's a gypsy in my soul, I really think that, and a restlessness. So it has its good side and its bad side to it because I, you know, I'm 83, 84 years old this year, and I still have that restlessness within me, still. (laughs) I I need to get out of lockdown and go somewhere. So it never ends. It's just something that's sown in you from uh, an early age or for whatever reason. I don't really know why. Well, you definitely instilled that sense of adventure and travel and uh, and all that in in us girls. And I'm you. really glad about Just, that. You know. I mean, you could have had the opposite reaction. You could have hated it and said, oh, why can't we just plonk ourselves down somewhere and have one house <laughs> instead of, you know, going all over the place. But we yeah. had, we did have wonderful adventures. Yeah. yeah, we traveled a lot. And, you know, I sometimes joke like other kids went to Disneyland for their summer holiday and we went to the Ashland Oregon Shakespeare Festival and camped you know, under the stars and had this whole experience that I don't think most kids have. Well, it's nice that you remember it that way. But I remember it as um, it was wonderful because I like the Ashland um, Shakespeare Festival a lot. But I remember the camping out under the stars, not quite so romantically. I remember it as camp- sleeping out. It wasn't cold or anything, but there were creepy crawlies everywhere. <laughs> I didn't like that. Oh, somehow you kept that to yourself because I don't remember that. No, it's good that you don't remember that. I, I remember that. 
Okay, I want to ask you, mom, when you said you had this rebellious spirit, and you sort of always knew you had this rebellion, when did you first notice that? Because it seems like there may have been a time early, early on as a child that you noticed that part of you. I think very young, it's just something that was there, mm-hmm. that people... Perhaps people are born with certain characteristics or it's genetic. I don't know where it came from, but um, I just have, I just never accepted the ridicule because I was creative and bright and very much like my father who was creative and bright and disliked because of it. And I never accepted that. I just never accepted it. I resented it. So I was seen as an as a, an unmanageable child, really, by my okay. family. And and for context, your mom was born in 1902. Mm. And like, she was a young adult in, you know, the 20s and 30s. So it's interesting to see sort of, you know, the the larger perspective of the way women were treated then and what she was dealing with and how she internalized that. And, you know, we see that to this day where we internalize the patriarchal systems that we live within and we end up internalizing that and then and then actually acting that out in our own families and communities. And so breaking that breaking that cycle is an important thing to do. And your dad, he was a creative and he was, tell us, talk a little bit about your dad and the influence your dad had on you. Well, the the influence my dad had on me was that he was not there. (laughs) My mother took me when I was eight and a half years old and left the family, left him, left my two brothers and went off with me inconveniently in tow because the lawyers had told her I was too young to be left. Otherwise, she'd have left me too. So um, you may know all this already or not want to hear it, but that's the way it was. And it was a little bit like that film Chocolat. I don't know if you've seen that, where a woman and her daughter move from place to place, never stopping long enough to form relationships, moving on, always in search of something in the wind, you know. That's what it was like. And so it suited me quite well in some ways, because on the one hand, I really missed my brothers who were left behind. And on the other hand, I quite liked the traveling from place to place, mm. meeting new people. The downside of that was that you never you never stayed long enough anywhere to form real friendships, which, of course, impacted me all my life. I never really, I always found it quite difficult to form friendships at a deeper level. Okay. And you did reconnect with your dad, you know, years later. And, I, and it seems to me from my perspective, uh, from the stories you've told, his, his work as a professor and, a, and his love of language and, and the creative arts, he, he impacted you, he influenced you. And he told he gave yeah. you some he gave you some advice that was really handy. I think I, I don't know if he gave me a lot of advice, um, but I went in search of him when I left home at seventeen and told him when he started whipping out money to give to me for having gone up to see him that I really don't want money, Dad. I just want some kind of relationship with you. And he was totally taken aback by that. But it was good because it sort of made him sit up and 
be a person. And so I got to know him. It was good. Yeah, he he started life as a writer and he'd written some short stories and things that had been accepted. Gave it all up because he had this family to support, very young family. He, and he did tell you, he did tell you when you were getting ready to go on the Queen Elizabeth, the, the big boat over to New York. He actually said to me, he said to me in his cultured Scottish accent, so Carol, be careful, but don't be too careful. Always keep in touch. Mm. I love that. Okay. And you now are a writer. So you you followed in his footsteps in some ways, not entirely, but you you're a writer. You've published a few books and you're working on the third in a trilogy. Do you yeah. want to just say something briefly about that before we take a quick break? Yeah, I think it was in, in the genes, really. It was what he loved to do, that and art and painting. And so, yes, I, I'd always written from the age of about nine, really, after we left home. And I think with a different sort of background or encouragement, um, it, it could have gone in a different direction, but it didn't. So I just kept on doing it, writing poetry, short stories, having a couple published. And when I was finished with having to earn a living, I started really writing more and in earnest because I love to do it. It's what I love. So <clears throat> that's what I did, yeah. And it came out of having lived in Spain and speaking to old people there about what happened, what they remembered during the the era of General Franco there, the dictatorship. And one feeling I really needed to write about it. So I wrote about it and I'm finishing, trying to finish this third one, which is in the first person about a young girl from the first book, the child from the first book. Um, that's, so that's what I'm doing now. Okay, and I'm speaking with Carol McPhee Wang, author, adventurer, and abuela extraordinaire, author of upcoming books. You can find her books at the show notes at wellwomanlife.com. And we'll be right back. You're invited to join me for a brand new monthly group experience over in the Well Woman Academy. This is a monthly group that includes access to the full six-week course based on feminism, mindfulness, and the Well Woman Life framework. It includes weekly groups, coaching sessions with me, as well as office hours and a private Facebook group to share and grow. Don't get me wrong, this is hard work. But with these tools, you will easily find the time to do the course, get the coaching and reach your goals monthly. If you find yourself worrying about whether you'll ever make it in the thing you're pursuing, waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety, lacking the energy you need to get everything done, stuck in some aspect of leading your team, procrastinating on moving forward with projects and tasks, or in a leadership role, but second guessing yourself constantly, I'd love to introduce you to the Well Woman Academy. It's for smart, high-achieving women changing the world who want to overcome anxiety, burnout, perfectionism, and insecurity. The result? You get to live your Well Woman life, a life of joy, ease, and abundance, even when things are tough all around you. Visit wellwomanlife.com slash academy to learn more. We're back on the Well Woman Show with Carol McPhee Lang. Carol is my mom, and I've been interviewing her today as part of our Mother's Day series for the whole month of May. 
And mom, I want to ask you a few questions here. This is the segment called Superpowers for Success that I do with all my guests. And the first question for you is, what does success in life mean to you? Loving and being loved. Beautiful. And has it taken you a long time to get to to find that or to to you know sort of come to that place no um i think well i could say i think i really found it early on just through friendship and kindness which could lead into love and then specifically with with my children that would be me that would be you <laughs> me, me and christina you. You sister, yeah <laughs> yeah okay and when did you know you were really good at what you do? And you can pick whatever, like being a writer, I would think you would want to pick that. When did you know you were really good at what you do? I've always known that. I've always just known because it felt like something good coming out of me. Poetry, um, little stories, um, feelings that made me feel great. So, yes, I just knew that it was something I was good at. Yes. That's so great because so many people answer that question first with kind of external validation. Like I knew because someone told me or I knew because I won an award or, you know, those kinds of things. But your answer is really very much grounded in like an an inner knowing. Yes, I just knew. Yeah. Okay. And can you describe a personal habit that you have that contributes to your well-being so you can do everything you do? Lots of chocolate. (laughs) A habit that I must keep, keep up is moving into nature, doing calisthenics, meditation, walking in nature, looking at nature, watching people, these things. Mm. Okay. And... What superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? I just think that's not quite easy to answer. One of my other, I think one of my, I have two superpowers, writing. And the second one was I was very good when I did theater. I could move people. It was wonderful because I could be this person behind this mask, you know, this persona behind a a mask and move people. But they didn't know it was really me. <laughs> so that was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what advice would you give your younger self, say your 25 or 30 year old self? Never give up. Seems like your 25 year old self knew that. Never give up. That's all. And you ha- and you never gave up. So you listen to your own advice. And mom, do you identify as a feminist? Of course. I know. I knew the answer to that, but I just (laughs) want to ask it anyway. What What does that mean for you? It means that I think women should be heard in all places where decisions are made. (laughs) <laughs> you reading from your coffee mug? I know, <laughs> I know you have an RBG coffee mug right there. <laughs> I loved RBG, and I wrote a poem about her. And yes, so what does being a feminist mean? It means being a special person who has a kind of inner light and power, and who can give birth to the human race. This is special. And you mentioned RBG that you loved uh, Ruth Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and that you wrote a poem about her. Do you do you want to share the poem here? 
Okay, go ahead and share your poem. This is a thank you for what Ruth Bader Ginsburg has done for all of us. And it's called Wonder. The grass seems greener today, the day I wake, the day I wake to the world. Sun on the window, insistent, inevitable. Kisses cold, resisting skin, guides a return to leaves and rain and earth. Distant music, laughter of small children, strength and elegance of tall trees whispering in the wind. The days of sleeping on, shutting out the light, the memory of touch, morning smiles, sounds of footsteps at the door listening. These fade, become clouds in an ever-moving sky. I watch the leaves fall, tired of clinging. A pattern of red and gold falls on the warm, embracing earth. A child gathers them in her arms, Runs quivering to show her treasure, eyes sparkling with wonder. I sing to the sky. Someone passing turns away, embarrassed by the poignance of this day, this day of palpable loss, the day I awake to the world. I hear a voice calling, a voice of the present beckoning me to be here now. Thank you for sharing that, Mom. Um, I've heard so many of your pieces and your, uh, your writing and your poetry, and I've been on the stage with you. I've watched you on stage. It's, it's really special for me to share that with you. So we're at the end of our interview. One last question for you that I ask all my guests. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? I'm reading The Long Road to Freedom by Nelson Mandela. Oh, nice. Okay, we will link to that in the show notes as we always do. We love to gather reading lists and recommendations from our guests. And I'm also rereading um, Oliver Twist, which I think is wonderful. I love Charles Dickens. Oh, fun. Yeah. Okay. And uh, as I said, I've been speaking with my own mother, Carol McPhee Lang, and it's been such a pleasure having her on my show and learning about her story and sharing that with listeners. And just to say a couple of things have I had heard most of the stories that you shared, but I think what really stood out for me today was the things that I took from you, you know, the things that you taught me as my mom. The the first one I would say is that that I can do anything. I think that was a message that was loud and clear from very early on. I can do anything. Like you can just you you can be and do anything. And that was such a powerful message as a little girl. And the second one, which I already mentioned earlier, this sense of adventure and curiosity about the world. I think I, I'm pretty sure I got that from you. So <laughs> thank so. you. Thank you to you. Happy Mother's Day to you, mom. And thank to, you. And to yeah. all the mothers listening to the show today. Um, <laughs> thank you for being on the show. Lots of love. Bye. You've been listening to a special series on the Well Woman Show called The Women We Come From. 
honoring our mothers as distinguished, highly skilled leaders. From the guest hosts, Celestina Garcia, Bobsy Sanandale, and Alicia Ortega. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. You can hear all the interviews at npr.org or wellwomanlife.com slash podcast. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our community. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week. So be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for the well woman show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.